the average person touches their face three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Matt. Mom? No, no, uh, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we... Hey, everybody, and welcome to You'll Probably Agree. For the end of disaster month or end of the world month, I screwed up the name of my own uh, thing, and I'm just leaving it in. Uh, I have Ellery Stanek from the Chicago Indie Critics and the Neon Movie Bunker podcast. Am I right? That is correct. Yeah. All right. Sweet. I didn't screw it up. No, not a second. You got the name right and everything. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I figured, you know what? We're all talking about the end of the world because of the whole Seems pandemic. relevant. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, at first I didn't even talk about it. Uh, the first podcast I did, like when the pandemic started, I talked about like movies that make us happy during difficult times. And right. I was just constantly avoiding it. And then I'm finally like, all right, I'm going to finally tackle this. It's so depressing. Like I've just slowly covered things that depress me. <laughs> it, it's like, as a culture, we're going through the yeah. five stages of grief together. Right. And we're just kind of coming up on acceptance that, yep, we're screwed. <laughs> I don't know if we're screwed, but temporarily we're screwed. At, at least temporarily. Yeah. Temporarily. yeah. You know. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> History has borne out that humanity can survive this. So I'm not, I'm not really worried about end of the world scenarios. Yeah. Um, you know, what? although there is a certain poetry to the fact that a, an asteroid is going to be passing by the earth on election day second or third i think yeah yeah it's like oh well it has a 0.43 percent chance of hitting us like oh well uh that's good i guess and it's a small one it's only about the size of a refrigerator oh really yeah so okay we'll be okay yeah just you know let it hit florida uh That would work. There goes that demographic. All right. (laughs) See you in the world. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So you've got two movies picked out for us to talk about. So, yes. Talking about the pandemic. Everyone's talking about Contagion and Outbreak. Netflix Mm -hmm. uh, cashed in on that shit fast. I know that their, their pandemic documentary came out before the coronavirus. But, you know, like once the coronavirus came out, they're like, yes, all right. You know, I, well, I, I temporarily <laughs> canceled my Netflix because of it. And, and then I like resubscribed. <laughs> I don't know how, how giddy they were at the, hey, everybody's dying. Let's, let's really get them. <laughs> I think they were a little bit happier about their Tiger King catch, but that's. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of my video essay. I quickly mentioned that uh, um, when this coming up. So anyways, let's start with the uh, lesser of the fun movies or, or the one that's the most relevant, which is uh, Contagion by Steven yeah. Soderbergh. Um, first off, yes, it is chilling to me how accurate this film is. Mm-hmm. And watching these pandemic films in today's context the, the funniest thing is, is you'll notice things that are also like blatantly obvious, like this wouldn't happen in real life. These would, they wouldn't do this. Like you'd see scenes where doctors are in the hospital with a sick patient. They'll be right in front of the sick patient's face without a mask on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're like, that's are you feeling happening. better? And I'm like, what the f- They would never do that. No. How did they, like, how no. did they get all this right and contagion, but not that? But having said that, how much, uh, how accurate do you think contagion is? incredibly accurate there are certain things that they changed up and i mean well 
I would say that there were certain things that were emphasized mm. to make them more dramatic, like the, the speed with which the disease spreads. Mm. You know, in contagion, it spreads a lot faster than, it, than um, COVID-19 actually does. And the, how, how to put this, the symptoms are more dramatic you know, seizures and that sort of thing is much more cinematic than no longer being able to taste things or smell things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they kind of skew things in ways that benefit the drama of it. But other than that, I mean, looking at it again recently, it's pretty on target as far as, you know, what things people will panic by. Mm -hmm. We saw that happen. Jarell uh, disappeared from the shelves. Uh, there will be fake news about um, less than reliable methods of treatment. You know, the Jude Law character and yeah. his his arc is, you know, frighteningly accurate. <laughs> there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of truth in that fiction, you know, yeah. and it's really kind of disappointing that, you know, this only came out nine years ago and apparently nobody listened <laughs> You know, yep. yep. It's like the beginning of every disaster film. The doctor's warning everybody uh, something's right. gonna happen, and then like nobody listens, mm -hmm. and then the bad thing happens. Uh it's funny when this movie came out. I'm going off my notes here. Uh, in the magazine New Scientists, there is an article that says Contagion doesn't skimp on science. This mm -hmm. came out in 2011, and. Uh, it says it's hard to name many Hollywood blockbusters that are invested in the realities of science as contagion. Although it is by no means flawlessly accurate, it's not a Nova documentary. Contagion has been well fact-checked compared to most science-y uh, slash blockbusters. <laughs> Outbreak. Uh, very few Hollywood productions realistically portray the process of science. Both its success and frustrations, that's what makes Contagion unique. Yeah, this is a movie that the, even the scientific community has kind of praised for oh, yeah. a lot of its accuracy. And uh, yeah, you, you had the elements like you mentioned, you know, you have Jude Law who's exploiting this the disease, you know, trying to find uh, for, for points to give himself attention. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a miracle cure like I think our beloved president's going to do today or tomorrow or, I think oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you know like compared to like when we're recording this podcast it'll probably when the podcast released it'll probably have already happened you know he's skipping on what the scientists say he's saying go into plasma research we'll be fine uh yeah when you had everybody looting uh I mean we had the looting except it was a little less dramatic it was like people fighting over toilet paper right which was like kind of right. like that's the thing you guys are thinking about? Like, what is everybody eating? <laughs> right, right. I mean, how, how, how bad, if you need to stockpile toilet paper, you should have seen a doctor a while ago. Yeah. You know, this is not something you should mess with, yeah. Take you know, it from someone who's formerly obese that lost, like, 38 pounds. Like, right, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even I didn't need that much toilet paper. <laughs> They need to know how to wipe properly. And <laughs> Charmin needs to put out some PSAs featuring those bears. Really, you know, <laughs> put the brand to work. Make sure that everybody's got a clear yeah. idea. Of how, how to clean yourself from yeah. the Charmin bears. Yeah. Don't stand sitting. <laughs> but, 
Okay, that's a little too detailed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting into a different genre of film there, I think. This is like the Farley Brothers directing. Right, uh, right. Although, I will be honest with you. Oscar now. <laughs> if the if the if the Farley brothers were to do their take on contagion, I would totally go see that. That would be I amazing. would be there in a heartbeat. Or Keenan Ivory Wayans, if he were to give it the scary movie treatment. Oh God. <laughs> and I, I'm certain that I'm not alone in wanting to see a movie like that. I think there's going to come a point in the not too distant future where we're going to want to laugh at ourselves a lot. Mm, oh yeah. And I think so, there's going to be more farces, more. Yeah. I, I really want to see a sequel to idiocracy at this point. I'm just thinking well, about the pandemic, you know, <laughs> like how they got here. You know? mm-hmm, Although mm-hmm. I was explaining the monologue, you can always make a prequel. Who cares? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, what other comedic oh. themes? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, go ahead. I'm trying to. Yeah, a comedic theme. Yeah, a comedic te- like, um, oh, my my freedom, my mask, you know. And yeah. Stuff like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just. Yeah. You could just have people just like refusing refusing to wear seatbelts or you know any random safety thing. I mean, uh, I don't know what you can write because real life is just so bizarre right now. Like you can't even like yeah. Like how do you write parody at this point? Like parody is already sort of a an, uh, sort of a an obvious obvious category to write in, but now it's like it's how just, do you do it? Yeah, it's it's so horrible now. Well, I think part of i think part of what this whole situation this year has done is given us a chance to really take a look at ourselves and how we actually act and how we behave towards ourselves towards one another in a microcosm in a macrocosm and the whole thing and i think that everybody's coming to the realization that we're all we're all silly we're all just absurd <laughs> none of us should really be taken 100% seriously because look at us look at how we're behaving um, so, you know, I, I, I think like shortly before everything happened, the movie Cats came out, right? Yeah. And Cats is not a good movie, but it's, there's nothing, there is no thought process that went into the paperwork into getting Cats made. You know, you find a beloved stage production you find a fantastic director who's got Oscar cred, you get a cast of all sorts of talented people and you still end up with this, you know? So yes. it originally think, was supposed to be like an animated film, which would have been way better. Uh, yeah. No, well, it would have been way different. I don't know yeah. that better is quite the right word. It may not have been quite as uh, much a nightmare. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. it might, but I, I think um, I, I'm actually kind of fond of the movie as it exists. Yeah, uh, it, Cats is uh, one of those, like, I know I'm veering off topic, but it is like one of those sort of odd things where you, it's so bizarre, you have to show your friends to it. I mean, before the pandemic started, the music right. box in Chicago was going to have a uh, thing where you can drink along to the movie <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> while you yeah. watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, all the things that get accurate outside of Jude Law manipulating everyone and the looting, <laughs> you know, uh, let's see, you had... Um, well, contact tracing contact trace uh, fomites you know yeah. people mm-hmm. worry now now the cdc and the fda says if you touch something it won't hurt you it kind of lasts on surfaces but not really but it's like 
I think I'll just carry around a bottle of hand sanitizer with me regardless. Seriously, washing your hands isn't that much of an imposition, and it does 90% yeah. of the work of keeping – that's a made-up statistic, by the way. I am yeah. not a doctor. Yeah. But washing your hands on a regular basis and doing it thoroughly with hot water is a huge deal in keeping yourself and others healthy. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like at first we watched, I don't know if you've seen the comment section on that scene in the aviator where uh, DiCaprio's Howard Hughes is washing his hands so much. He like cuts it and then he wouldn't get the door for the guy in the crutches. And right. people are right. writing the comment section, like, you know, when this movie came out, Oh, he's crazy. In 2020, I see a yeah, man. He's of relatable. Taste. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> I, I, I get that. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. yeah like we've all kind of turned into Howie Mandel in a way. Uh, I don't know what is it with guys with Howard, Howard Hughes, Howie yeah. Mandel that all like are afraid of germs. But right now, Howie Mandel's like, I told you so. You know, <laughs> I was ahead of the curve. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you all make fun of me for my fist bumps. What do you think now? Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and that's the other thing, the, the, the old tradition of shaking hands, right? Yeah. How long is it going to be before that comes back? Or will that come back? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, I do it, but then I elbow pour on hand sanitizer right away. <laughs> I've seen yeah. um, people do like foot taps. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay. Or you could just say, hey. <laughs> you don't necessarily yeah. need to come into physical contact with everybody you meet yeah it's weird i came into work uh for the first time in a long time recently mm -hmm. uh after a lot of deliberation uh and negotiation with my boss and uh yeah like people wanted to like hug me and stuff right away and i'm like it hurts me not to do that you know it's that scene where um <clears throat> uh, matt damon uh he sees that little uh the kid who's like dating his daughter in the movie and he's like mm -hmm. I just want to give my flowers. He's like, oh, I can't take those either. I can't let you inside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like inadvertently hilarious, that scene, but I think it was supposed to be. It, it, yeah. It's, again, it's, it seems like it's absurd, but. Yeah, now it's, it's not. not. Yeah. It's not absurd. That's, that's the way it is. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the scariest thing that, that the movie got right is when uh, Lawrence Fishburne is on that new show and he says, mm -hmm. we have to practice social distancing. You know, right. we have to stay eight feet apart. We have to wash our hands. I'm like, oh my God. And now I think, uh, if, I, if I'm correct, I read this way back, but Steven Soderbergh is in charge of how they're going to resume film production. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, even though he made this movie, if that's the right choice or not, or if they should, uh, I don't know if he's working with epidemiologists who worked on the film at the same time or what the case is with that. I don't know exactly what the case is, but I would hope that he's working with epidemiologists. The yeah. team that worked with him on the film, I would hope that he'd reach out to them and say, hey, um, how do we do this safely? Which, <laughs> yeah. you know, is only sensible to have somebody to put somebody in charge of finding out the answers and going in and getting in touch with the actual experts and, okay, making a plan from there. Yeah, getting in touch with scientists, not... Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, not the my pillow guy, no. Yeah, not the my pillow guy. Or mm -hmm. I was thinking of the voodoo doctor lady who believes. Yeah, with the demon sperm. That's mm -hmm. it. The demon sperm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Demon sperm is Cleo. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, Again, yeah. you know how crazy is this year that we can say things like demon sperm and we both know what news. <laughs> what we're story saying, just like naturally. We're talking about. Yeah. 
yeah. weird, weird, weird. I, I'm wondering, are things in the movie worse than they were in real life, or is it the other way around where real life is worse than they were in the movie? I would say, just you know, but looking at how real life is playing out, and you know, having seen the movie, I would say that they're pretty equal footing. Yeah. Uh, the, overall, the the big sp- story is we make it through. Yeah. Yeah. But when you narrow it down, you know, I don't know that uh, anybody's seeing it as a cheerful story for the Gwyneth Paltrow character. Eh, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Right? I I think Goop started. Uh... The, the virus of that movie. <laughs> as absurd as her ideas are, yeah. and oh, good lord. <laughs> some of the just the dumbest woo-woo I have ever heard. Yeah. I still don't know that I'd want to see somebody peel back her skull. No, not, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't like, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not that vindictive. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. There, there's middle ground. Or maybe I am. No, 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 no. <laughs> who knows? We will we'll never know. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, like to me, I think like real life in some ways is a lot worse than it was in the movie because like outside of the severity of the disease, of the disease which an outbreak, it's like times a million compared to this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when, when it comes to the severity of it, the day right away, that's obviously worse than it is in real life. Um, but when it comes to uh, how long it took them to find a cure, it took them like what 136 days. That's like maybe four months or something. Yeah, we've and been then, like, at this a little was, longer than that. Yeah, we're in this like six months, and it's not going to be until like the end of 2022 that it's right. available for everybody. Uh, you know, like when they went on lockdown, I think they like were not trying to tell everybody about it right away. We found mm-hmm. out about it right away, and we've been in lockdown for such a long period of time we don't even know what day it is the thing is we've been in in an ineffective lockdown a lockdown only works if everybody does it and not everybody did it and we'd all have to do it at the same time for the same duration that's where we screwed up we would have to all go okay we're done for done for 2020 we're all going to go home and just you know watch netflix for the remainder of the year for however long it would take for the to truly flatten the curve. Yeah, yeah. Whereas opposed, we kind of just went boop on the curve's head. Not, yeah. a, not, not an effective strategy. Yeah, and even when we temporarily locked down, it was making a difference. And then we all came out again. And that was one thing. The movie didn't think about, you know, the economy or people's jobs or people who didn't want to mask up. It did Because obviously there was a, there was a much... Uh, there's much more faith in humanity, I think, at that time of the film. And there yeah. was, uh, we didn't have sort of the um, inconceivable predicament that we're living in today. I think in the movie, there's a lot more faith in institutions yeah. than there actually is currently. Yeah. You know, I think that in the movie Contagion, the CDC and the World Health Organization were able to be effective and do what they had to do because... People trusted them based on the reputation of it's the freaking CDC, yes. right? Whereas in 2020, things have gotten so politically polarized that it's, yeah. it 
every single little thing becomes an us or them yeah battle which is unproductive yeah yeah it's uh quite insane but it's like i i don't even know when this is gonna end you know and they say 20 i like we hear fauci saying oh the, you know we're gonna get a we're gonna get a vaccine mm-hmm. by the end of the year but it doesn't yep. mean it's widely available and i think didn't they ask in the movie like who's gonna get the vaccine first mm-hmm. and it's like now there's an element i would love to see in the film people tearing each other apart to get that vaccine well they do cover that in the film there's the lottery system yeah yeah oh yeah and then they, they break go into lawrence fishburne's house mm-hmm. and you know they they try to grab it from him yep. and i'm like yeah that's terrible but i don't know if i had a family yeah, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> it's terrible but i can understand the decisions that led them to those spots yeah you know and that's what makes it really compelling drama is that you can understand and you can relate to even the jude law character who is awful yeah is relatable on some level you understand where he's coming from Mm -hmm. and that does and that's one of the big positive qualities of contagion is that you can find yourself in any one of these characters in any one of these sub stories and be like okay yeah i understand i i get it i see why they're doing that it's not like somebody's just you know well, I was just bitten by a monkey from another country, and I think I'm going to go to the dance club now. <laughs> what? I can't wait to get an outbreak. That movie's so fun. That's it what is. Say about outbreak, but no, once you watch it, oh, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh it's a, God, it's there so are fun. <laughs> there are so many great performances in it. Like, yeah. I mean, Dustin Hoffman is really he's he's aiming for the back of the house with that thing you know he's chewing the scenery and he's having a great time donald sutherland is doing the same yeah um renee russo is relatively moderate but then you have morgan freeman in there just as like the calm yeah but between uh, hoffman and sutherland they're just like Re- really reaching out there you know, yeah really oh, as yeah. big as they can yeah and that and, movie goes for a 10 just from the opening title sequence like enormous right? explosion you're like dustin hoffman mm-hmm. you know morgan mm-hmm. freeman outbreak you're like whoa okay. right. you know? yeah uh, which <coughs> uh-oh roni <laughs> no i'm fine yeah um that was a bit like joker when he's choking on his laughter yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah a little bit (laughs) Uh, but yeah outbreak is such a gleeful time at the movies because it's yeah it's contagion minus any of the mm, conscience yeah you know it's just like all right let's let's jerry bruckheimer this this bad boy as we can go and yeah it's fun yeah, uh, getting back to Contagion, because I will get an outbreak and talk about how fuck, because if I start now, I'm just going to, my ADD will kick in. And like, <laughs> it'll, I'll go off the rails. Uh, <laughs> uh, my conversations when I'm, when I'm talking with somebody, I bounce all over the place anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I'm... As, as someone who's seen myself do it, I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to get back in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, um, so we talked about, it's like, how do you, what do you think about the movie becoming popular again? Cause like, Oh, I think that's great. Yeah. I yeah. think that's fantastic. It was scary for me at first. I'm like, 
I don't want to talk about this film. And like on my YouTube suggestions, like, hey, do you want to see Gwyneth Paltrow get her skull sliced open? Like, no, I don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and more like, I'm thinking that's going to be me. <laughs> fair, fair. But, you know, I think uh, I saw an interesting headline that said that horror movie fans are dealing with this uh, pandemic better emotionally than non-horror movie fans mm. and mm. i think part of the reason for that and i will tie this back into contagion mm. don't worry uh, part of the reason i think that that's the case is that we horror movie fans are used to just okay how bad can it get let's yeah. see how bad <laughs> it can get yeah. and so we're used to okay bad news following bad news following bad news mm. which really kind of describes certain sequences in contagion too bad news following bad news following bad news contagion is ultimately a horror film mm -hmm. and a really effective one because so much of it is grounded in a world that we recognize and understand and now we're seeing oh wow how relevant it really is so i think i think people going back and watching it and you know, aside from learning things like how to wash your hands and how to you know not steal your toilet paper uh, I think that it's really good for people to take a look at it and see, okay, yes, this is bad, but we can make it through this if we follow the right advice. Yes. If we get leadership as mm -hmm. well, uh, we yeah. can, uh, and that, that movie avoided the politics, you know, because you think did. life and death, it wouldn't be political, but uh, that, it, yeah, at first it, it scared the hell out of me, like because mm -hmm. everything was like contagion, end of the world, blah blah blah. And this is when the pandemic first started, so I, I yeah. just didn't want to, you know. I just kind of was like, let me just go to my happy place. Let me watch my Star Wars. Let me watch my whatever. And it was constantly shoved down my throat. And then eventually, when I kind of eased into the pandemic, as bizarre as that is to say, but this is twenty twenty. Mm -hmm. um, I, I it, it as a as an educational piece, it's actually a very useful picture. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not saying steal a scientist in your little village and force her to give all of your people the cure. No, uh, but yeah, like Lau did, or I don't know his character. I just remember it was Lau in Dark Knight. Right. Uh, but <laughs> uh, that was a racist ass role too. Like I'm good with calculation. Like goddamn, Christopher Nolan, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Christopher Nolan has issues. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Best way to put it. Dude's yeah. got issues. Well, I'm seeing Tenet soon, so I'll be dead. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I've been at Music Box. They know what they're doing there. There's good, a whole article good. about it. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, it, as an educational piece, you really kind of get an idea of how to keep yourself protected. You mm -hmm. can kind of see the mistakes that we've already made and where yeah. we can improve. Because mm -hmm. as, as nutty as Matt Damon seemed, you know, he, he was right and he was doing the right things. Mm -hmm. And even when his daughter was freaking out, he's just like, just stay calm. This will be all right in the end. And uh, he was validated in the end. Right. I, right. I kind of had this funny thought in the end when they were having the prom dance between his daughter and her boyfriend that like Matt Damon was just going to go full Jason Bourne and beat the shit out of the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... Just grab a fire hydrant. Yeah. Oh, Dad, what are you doing? He tried to yeah, kiss he, you. He was just holding my hand. Yeah. <laughs> Not in my house. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that that was a moment where I was actually rooting for Matt Damon to beat up that kid when 
he took his mask off and he was trying to kiss his daughter like mm-hmm. when nothing was proven. And he just like grabs him by the back of the shirt and he's got this big yeah. ass shotgun in his hand. And he just you tells sure him you to want get that the kiss? hell out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I'm glad that it's popular again. Mm-hmm. I just wish it wasn't as popular as quickly. I'm like, let me just digest this first before diving straight into horror movies. Yeah. But I love the point you make about the horror movie fans because I have a, a friend of mine who I love dearly who um, he is sort of the biggest nihilist that you'll meet. And he's just like, yeah, I'm handling this fine. You know, it's just whatever. <laughs> like, it's okay. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you know, he's kind of right. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of wish I was so negative so I could have handled it as well. Which now I'm handling it better. Like, it's actually kind of been beneficial to me with this mm-hmm. pandemic. How How's the pandemic been for you? Just to have my um, ED kick in a bit. <laughs> it's It's been... I've only had one scare where I've had to be tested. So that's, yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't have it. So, you know, that's good. Same. Um, <laughs> but overall, there has been nothing that has happened that I don't see that's overcomable. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, yeah there's, it's, it sucks not to be able to go to the movies. It sucks not to be able to go to a concert or to a bar or, or whatever. Yeah. It sucks not being able to have a whole bunch of people over for a movie night. Yeah. But, uh, you know what? I can withstand a year or so of that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it sucks, but that doesn't mean that it's, this is how things are going to be. It's just how things are right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I always find the term, the new normal, uh, a little uh, advantageous. It should be called the temporary normal. Exactly. Opinion, yeah. You know? Yeah. I yeah. mean, status quo is always in flux. Yeah. We've just got like a really weird dip going on right now where as a culture and as a society, we are harvesting a whole bunch of different things that we've been sowing for the past couple of decades. And yeah. now we get to see how those ideas play out in reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, not good. No, uh, as a dramatic piece of work, uh, you know, a piece of fiction, uh, something yeah. that you can emotionally latch on to. What did you think of the movie of Contagion? Oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. It was uh, from the first time I saw it back in twenty ten. Was mm-hmm. it twenty ten? Yeah, I, I think I, so. Yeah, because that article yeah, September from of twenty the science, uh, no, the science, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it came out like two thousand eleven, so it could have been twenty ten. Yeah, yeah, it came out in September of twenty ten, and I just I, I immediately latched onto it. I thought that Jennifer L did a fantastic job in it. Two thousand eleven. You know? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's um, close. We, we got it. Yeah. Um, Jennifer L did a fantastic job in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she was, this was the first time that I saw her really sharing the screen on that level with Mm. actors of like Lawrence Fishburne and Mm. uh, Marion Cotillard's level. And and really the cast in that thing. Yeah. Is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it is probably the best cast big budget disaster film <laughs> yeah that i yeah. that i've seen yeah um i'm kind of like in the middle with it uh i think yeah it's pinpoint accurate as a horror film it's horrifying although now i'm like wow they had it easy you know when i watch it <laughs> uh i wish they 
sure this like because like if we were like contagion we'd all be out again and talking about this like this yeah. is an old reference um mm -hmm. uh i just i felt like it was lacking an emotional center uh, a core to it like i guess you could say matt damon was that but you don't really know much about him or his daughter mm -hmm. and i get the movies more about the disease and it's an ensemble piece but there was like no one i could latch on to like everyone just kind of felt more like an example like this is something you would show in a classroom okay. in 2022 rather than you know something you would well, i'm sure it will be so, <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah uh, the, the, rather than something that would be shown you know as, as a dramatic piece of effective work uh yeah it's certainly scary but outside of that like there's no one i really cared about uh i really wanted to see more like I mean, to, to do that horrible fan thing. Like, if I were to write it, I would have loved to have seen more focus on Jennifer Ailes' character because she's the one who develops the vaccine. You know, like, her, you know, she has that emotional scene with her father who's on uh, basically his deathbed, but, you know, she takes the mask mm -hmm. off. She says, it's okay. You know, I found the cure. And it's like, I would have loved to have seen the trials and tribulations that she went through rather than just kind of like a bullet point study of what would happen. And I, I definitely get that. I think... Yeah overall the main character this instead of this being a character piece specifically about matt damon's character or mm -hmm. about jennifer l's character it is more the story of humanity versus mm -hmm. virus oh absolutely you know? yeah. yeah and i like that i'm personally a fan of that sort of mm -hmm. um that sort of point counterpoint you know where okay yeah. humanity has to get their act together to face whatever this happens to be yeah. Know, whatever the disaster of the week is and any other year disaster of the week would not would would be kind of a funny thing and 2020 is just like yeah yeah that's what we have, disaster of the week yeah. but uh no i i, I actually am a-okay with it not having too many too many front and center characters mm, mm, because mm. then it lets me kind of view it a little bit more at a distance and see it from more of a larger canvas big picture sort of um presentation you know yeah yeah absolutely uh i think it could have done a little bit of both like i didn't want there to just be like one main character you focus on but just like a little more on because it just seemed to frantically be cutting between each plot line and yeah. it was just racing to get to the end of the film where you already know there's gonna be a cure so before i could even invest in anyone at all it's just like oh okay we're here now okay and mm -hmm. like at the end like it, it, imagine if this pandemic never happened right and this was just like any film mm -hmm. i think you know if you take that sort of relevance out of it it's just kind of like an okay movie and, you know it's a it, three out of a four star film you know to use that notion yeah <laughs> yeah and i can see that it's definitely not the sort of thing that people normally associate with uh, steven soderbergh you know, yeah, yeah. this sort of viral epidemic film. Mm. But I think for, because he does that sort of thing where he steps back and he looks at all of the systems in place. You know, he yeah. did that in Traffic. He did that mm. in um, in this film. He, do, he did that a little bit in Solaris. It, it's an yeah. interesting, it's an interesting vantage point, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I could definitely see, I can see your point. I, I, I don't think that this would have been anybody's favorite Soderbergh movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll leave. I mean, it's really good. It's yeah. great, but 
Yeah. I, yeah, obviously Soderbergh is an amazing artist because like he constantly is looking at new technological innovations. I like the way how this movie was shot. Like I could tell they shot that on like a red epic and like they used a lot of natural lighting yep. to give this a naturalistic feel without diving too much into the pseudo documentary sort of style where it's not trying to use a shaky cam or it's not trying to look so realistic. It looks kind of artificial. Uh, yeah. Artificial. Like you don't have the, the, the like total natural lighting where, you know, you know, you don't, you don't even have exposure on it. So it doesn't look like the lighting on me, for instance, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, it just kind of gets a little bit of that look. Like Soderbergh always, uh, I think he made like two movies now on an iPhone. He did like Unsane on an iPhone. Which was and, great. Yes, fantastic. And he did, uh, some, a friend of mine sent me a link to it. I'd never heard of it, but it was some sort of basketball movie. And apparently he did that all like on an iPhone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What was the... Yeah, I, I'd have to go through my chat to find it. I, I, I yeah. wouldn't know, but it's like he's always sort of ahead of the curb mm-hmm. when it comes to technology, when it comes to storytelling. I think like, I can't remember the name of the movie at the top of my head, but I remember seeing it at like a local art theater at the time. And the trailer was just a bunch of baby dolls being made. Mm-hmm. And then the end film, it was, uh, it starred non-actors and it was like this murder mystery. Like he... He cast some woman who like works in like a KFC or something, you know, yeah. to be in it. And he's always sort of outside the box and incredibly visual. Um, so a little bit of an auteur director. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And an excellent one at that, you know, as far as pushing the technology, I think he's one of the guys it's in the traditional drama area, him and Fincher. David Fincher mm. are the two that really push the technology forward. Oh yeah. In movies that we, you know, that people don't necessarily think of as being very technological movies. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like the guys like George Lucas or mm. uh, Robert Rodriguez or um yeah. James Cameron who mm. they're also really pushing the technology but they're pushing it in science fiction and genre work where people are more immediately aware of the fact that the technology is, <laughs> is being used. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a little subtler the uses that Soderbergh and Fincher find. Yeah, like uh, Soderbergh isn't kind of making like a huge statement like I'm shooting my movie on this. Check it out, you know. And, and right. Fincher doesn't either. You know, they no. they've kind of switched to digital. Yeah. Uh, when yeah. it was, uh, uh, you know, when it, when it was sort of uh, starting to uh, make its uh, yeah. debut to the world in a way, you know, I think like what episode two. Uh, Attack of the Clones is like the first huge budget feature. Yep, it was the first. Shot on di- I remember the digital project. I had to go to some theater to see it on a digital projector because I saw it projected on 35 mil and I'm like, I want to see what it looks like on digital. And it was like the crispest, yeah. sharpest looking thing I've seen at the time. It's pretty cool. It, here's a fun trivia question yeah. for you. The Cla- Attack of the Clones was the first big budget yeah. and entirely uh, digital studio film. Mm-hmm. What was the first low-budget, entirely digital studio film? I you know? want. I actually want to know, wonder what that is. Jason X from New Line Cinema. D- Jason X was that after Jason Goes to Space, or is that the one? Where no, that that is that is Jason Goes to Space. Oh my God, Jason yeah. X! Wow. Yeah, I would... a- and it. You know, considering the age of the film, and eh, they did pretty darn good job with that. 
Wow. Now that's, uh, yeah, there's a whole, th- I think I did do a thing on film versus digital, but I did it with like a non-expert when I was first doing my show. So he's just kind of regurgitating random knowledge. Hey. And I'm just like the guy who knew everything about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember at the time, uh, I think they shot that on like a Sony X FX 170 or something like that. I don't know the model number. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, like the image wasn't as good as then. There was a whole lot of controversy to it. But especially like with the yep. movie that was shot, uh, you know, for a large majority on green screen, being able to just dump the footage right away instead of taking it to the lab and edit it yeah. is incredibly beneficial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with a movie like Star Wars or the way George Lucas made Star Wars, I think various aspects like your black levels or, or, or your depth of field isn't going to matter as much. As it would with, uh, you know, it, like the newer Star Wars films where a lot of it's done naturally on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With with the very subtle jab in Star Wars convention before Force Awakens came out where they have Mark Hamill saying real sets, practical effects. Like, oh, I wonder what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> yeah, you know, I am never going to say one is better than the other. Yeah. Give me both. I Give think me both yeah. well done and i'm happy yeah i think it really depends on the story that you're telling and the yeah. kind of filmmaker that you are you know mm-hmm. with nolan film i think of nolan shot actually tenant might work on digital the, the, to be honest yeah the, let's be honest there's not a single thing that that nolan has done that wouldn't have worked on digital mm, there isn't yeah i don't know like I would. I don't know if I could see Dark Knight on digital oh, yeah. like on on an IMAX screen for instance you know oh yeah but the, sure. although the light range would look phenomenal, on mm-hmm. it, you know, like the, the Chicago streets, because the amount of light you can get on a digital camera compared to a film camera right. <laughs> is day and night. Well, and just the, I, I if having seen what Fincher has done, yeah, with with, digi- with strictly digital workflows, it's yeah. comparable to what Nolan does. Mm-hmm. You know, the two of them both they both have their very own signature sort of look they only have their own signature sort of visual textures but Mm. there's nothing about either one that says that it has to be digital or it has to be Mm. analog Mm. i think that i i I understand the film the urge to go with film it's what he's always shot with there's a certain romanticism to it for him Mm -hmm. great Mm -hmm. no problem i i get that but there's to say that one is hands down better than the other is to it's all in the way you use the tool yeah yeah i i think so and you know if, if nolan could find a way to use digital where it would be just as effective as seeing inception right. on digital than it is at a 70 millimeter because you could probably have something to the equivalent of 70 millimeter i mean you get like Absolutely. 6k with some cameras and although like you know 8K movies yeah, exactly you could get 8k and even with movies that uh, where they look like gigantic television screens that's just the way the technology is shifting you know and right. Soderbergh's ahead of that I mean I shot something recently on my iPhone and my boss is like you're using an iPhone and I'm like the yeah. picture quality is incredible like it, it's fine that I shoot it on this you know it looks better than the cameras mm-hmm. we have now you know which is why I'm buying new cameras until it becomes obsolete in five years and you know you get another one um, but switching back to the old days of film Back to the uh, old days. Yeah, the good old days, because go now ahead. all we have is nostalgia to rely on. And <laughs> we're, we're heading into 95 to talk about Outbreak, aren't we? Yeah. 
your town is being quarantined. We got 19 dead. You got 100 more infected. It's spreading like a brush fire. What are you talking about? If one of them's got it, then 10 of them have got it now. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, we have a very interesting problem. I was scared to see this movie for the longest time because I was like, oh, God, I don't need to see something else about a horrible pandemic that's going to be completely accurate. All that. And first off, the movie isn't that accurate, but there are some parts no. that are very accurate. Yeah. Little parts. Uh, but it's like, it is just as 90s and Roland Emmerich-esque as you can get. You know, Michael Bay. Uh, this one is um, William, the guy who did Air Force One. Uh, yeah. Wolfgang <laughs> Peterson. Wolfgang, Wolfgang Peterson, thank you. I was trying yep. to not say Wolfgang Puck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no. no, he catered it. it yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, like just just as I was saying earlier, you know exactly what outbreak's going to be. I started laughing hilariously right away when there's this big, horrible early CGI explosion where they bomb a village where people are infected, and they cut to a little cutaway the monkey, and then just in big bold letters it has the name of the actors, and then it just says outbreak, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm in for this kind of movie, okay? Yeah, and just like childhood memories just started flowing <laughs> through me, seeing Independence Day and then blowing up the White House, and it's just like, oh, I love this level of kind of ridiculous production, you know, the the hammy love story between Dustin Hoffman's character and Renee Russo, like it doesn't work yep. at all. And that's why I love it, you know, because, you know, they're just trying to have, an, like, this is probably why my whole emotional core argument for Contagion is, is uh, inaccurate, because we've seen what they try to do with an emotional core with Outbreak, and it's so ridiculous. Well, like, you, you there's an Outbreak up- happening. Let's talk about the dogs that you want to cheat. <laughs> like, oh, my God, really? Yeah. Right. It, it, you end up falling into the, or rather the screenwriter falls into the trap of trying to minimize the number of characters that you have to know. Yeah. Then, so that not only is she going to be his love interest, but she's also going to be the one who comes up with this really risky option as far as treating the disease. And then there's going to be yeah. conflict over that. And then there's going to be mixed in with, and then Cooper Gooding Jr. gets involved. And it, it just spirals out of control. You know, it's the sort of thing that you, like you mentioned, Roland Emmerich. Yeah. His movies have this all the time where, oh, yeah, I just happened to be the president's wife and I bumped into the girlfriend of the pilot's, you know, yeah. best friend. And now we all have to band together. And it's like, really? And, and the president really? is an Air Force pilot. And the, right. the girlfriend of, of, the, of the guy is a stripper. You yeah. Know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. <laughs> Who becomes then, a doctor in the sequel? Right. Yeah. So right. you know what? They're not lying when they say they're getting those dollar bills for their education. Hey, you, you do what you got to pay for education. I understand that. Hey, if I can be a male, I'm, I'm getting my male stripper body right now. So I'm working towards that. I'll Rock just be on. like one of those like drive-through strip clubs that they have now. <laughs> <laughs> With like the plexiglass in between. Isn't it weird that there are strip clubs that are advertising, you know, keep your mask on so they can take it all off? Doesn't that strike <laughs> you as weird? Yeah. That's weird. Like, well, weird. so they can get infected, but not me. <laughs> well, no, because they're leaving their mask on. Yeah. They're just they're taking t- everything else off. Except so, their mask, you know, yeah. Right. 
So, so if you're a butterface, it really works in your favor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I guess it could. Yeah, yeah. See, there's a bright side to everything. We've, yeah. we've, we've come back to Monty Python and the wise words of always look on the bright side. Of yeah. life. Always look on the bright side of your life. Do 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 do. Global pandemic. But goddamn, I mean the the funniest thing with that movie is like, what's your favorite cheesy '90s element in the movie? Um, it would be the guy who transports the monkey. You know, oh, the, the animal one... rights guy. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the guy who is so incredibly. It's like they said, you know, we want somebody who looks like they would would have been the lead in singles. Yeah, we want him for the, you know he couldn't quite make it in in that cast. That was Patrick we'll Dempsey. It. Yeah, it was. Holy shit! Yeah, I met yep. that guy. <laughs> he, he brought us the the Ebola monkey. He sold us out to the Decepticons. What's up, dude? Yeah, yeah, What's I met up? him on Transformers Three mm-hmm. to, to be a name dropping douchebag. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, that that's funny. And by the way, like one of the most gorgeous people I've ever met in my life. Um, I, I can I can believe that. Yeah, dude's a handsome looking man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was especially with like little midget me, like and him <laughs> towering above me. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, his character he kind of seems like. You know, one of the hey man, we gotta save everyone, and yeah, he's got like the ridiculous earrings on, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the flannel uh, tied around his waist with the leather jacket. Yeah, he looks like he could take over for uh, Uncle Joey on Full House if you know if they need to, in just a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, uh, and uh, yeah, and then of course, like when he comes back from the airport, his like face is all red and he's sweating, and like right. him and his girlfriend just go like full like mouth on making out like yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) i mean just the stupid decisions of the characters are fantastic well and again that's part of the comfort of these sorts of movies is you can watch it and you can go okay that's stupid yeah i know that's stupid i'd never do that even though perhaps perhaps reality tells a different story well, you know, in reality, I was thinking, like, all these people are so selfish. They're coughing without even covering their mouths and touching everything. And they were doing that times 10, but they were doing the same shit in Contagion. Like, when they're talking to the one guy on the bus, she's like, you're infected with the disease. Get off there right now. He's like, okay. <clears throat> he's like, coughing. He's not covering his eyes, touching, like, every fucking railing in the bus. There's a lady who mm-hmm. walks right up to Matt Damon, and she coughs right on him. And then she says, help me. Like, yeah. No, I'm not going to fucking help you. You just, like, infected me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he wasn't Ellie from The Last of Us and was, like, fucking unable to get uh, infected. But, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Now, that game came out at the wrong time. Or or the absolute right time. Yeah. It's a little bit of both. A little bit <laughs> of both. It's like, I, I think, like, if it was hopeful, like, the first one, people would have liked it a little more. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. It, it was just... Uh, but... Yeah, th- th- there is that. Oh, I love how like every single scene between Morgan Freeman and Dustin Hoffman. I just imagine the shooting schedule to that. It's like interior, Morgan Freeman's office, dialogue, screaming, 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 and they just do that for like two days straight. It's another day of screaming at Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman, I love that character because he's like, it's like I wish there were people in real life who were like that. They're like, God damn it, you gotta shut everything down, bring everyone home, they're gonna die. 
You just wish someone would come up to the president and do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I get the impression that Fauci kind of did. <laughs> and, I, I mean, he's, he, I, I think he's being careful because he doesn't want to get fired. <laughs> I mean, that guy has the toughest job in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like he's got to remain calm. He's got to not piss off his boss to get fired, who threatens to, uh, to fire him. And he's also got to tell the truth while defending lies. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> not to mention pat his head and rub his tummy at the same time, too. Yes. Which... After, after this is over, Dr. Fauci needs, like, whatever any... he wants. Anything. Right. If anybody's yeah. earned a, a vacation, yes. you know, him and all the people who are working at those hospitals, they, they, they deserve oh. something more than just the signs that we put up saying, you know, heroes work here. I mean, which is great. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's great. Let's recognize them in some other ways too, though. Yeah. You know? I was speaking to a nurse and she was saying to me, like, you know, I wish I wasn't called a hero. Cause like, honestly, I don't even want to be in here. I'm just stuck here. Right. And it's like, if I could find another way of making money, I'd get out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I would too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that movie has so many great elements. Uh, it, it does. I'm wondering if the over the topness of the film helps or hurts it for me in a historical context, it helps it. It hurts it in terms of, you know, being taken seriously as a film. Uh, you know what? I don't think it hurts it too much in, yeah. in the terms of being taken seriously as a film because I don't yeah. know that it was ever designed to be That is very true. <laughs> that is very you know? true. Yeah. It, 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 it is, it's, it's something that should be taken seriously on the, say, the same level of Jura as Jurassic Park. Yes. Which yeah. is brilliant pop culture entertainment. Yeah. But that's all it really is, is pop culture entertainment. And, yeah. you know, Outbreak is really good pop culture entertainment. Mm, you know, yeah. you, you get to see some great actors really pull out all the stops. You, you get an entertaining story, some thrills, some, some uh, scary sequences and, and moments like that. And at yeah. the end, you're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Um... What, what, what do you think to kind of bounce back on a contagion question yeah. uh, relating to this question? What did the movie get right? Well, it got right that Dustin Hoffman has to yell. <laughs> Dustin he Hoffman wasn't 16! Sorry. <laughs> uh, it, it gets right the conflict in the way that the government tries to manage the situation mm -hmm. try to you hide know? it you know and then oh just right. kill all those people over there yeah. just how do we hide it do we let everybody know and it, this isn't the first movie to take that sort of uh approach to it the crazies yeah. by john uh, not john Carpenter, george a romero mm. back in the 70s mm. did the same sort of thing and david cronenberg in the 70s did something similar with shivers and with rabid you know so there's there's precedent for that sort of okay, here's the bad situation. The higher-ups want to minimize, you know, the good of the many outweighs the good of the few. Yeah. Which, from a governmental standpoint, makes perfect sense. You want to make sure that the majority of, this, of the world stays safe. However, if you're one of the few just, you know, walled up and left for dead, you know? So, yeah. or in the case of Outbreak, blown up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God. I, I guess originally, when doing my little IMDb trivia, I guess the original ending was they were going to blow them up. 
and the test audience hated that, which mm-hmm. uh, I don't usually approve of test audiences, but in that case, yeah, that would have been really bad if they had you that know ending. What? I have a feeling that if at the time that I saw yeah. Outbreak, if I saw it with that original ending, I would have loved it. <laughs> loved it. I would have yeah. been... And I would have yeah. been talking up that movie and saying, you know, there's this really great movie. It's such a positive, uplifting yeah. experience. Just trying to catfish people into go, going to see it. <laughs> because that is the exact sort of pull the yeah. rug out from under the audience gut yeah. punch that I tend to respond well to. Yeah, it would have, uh, yeah, I don't know. It would have felt... Um, there, there's a term for it. Someone did a whole essay on the humor of The Last Jedi, and there's a term where you have something that's thematically completely against your scene that's kind of like a goof. Mm-hmm. And it would have been like one of what a bathos is what they call it. Uh, it, it would have felt a bit like a bathos if they did that. Or it would have been just kind of, kind of like, it would have gone against like the whole theme of the film because the whole movie's striving towards a hopeful message in the end. And, you know, you're supposed to cheer and be happy in the end. Like, I think it would right. just ended. It, it's like Independence it Day if it just ended with the aliens winning. Uh-huh. But I'm like, what? Why? Well, I, <laughs> and when you consider that this movie also came out the same fall as Seven, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. had the opposite sort of thing. Test audience, it was going to go, they were going to reshoot the ending mm. and redo it, but... Uh, Pitt and Fincher held held strong and said, "No, no, no, no. Th- this ending is why we want to do this story." Yeah. So, but seven isn't a helpful, a hopeful film. That's no, that's just no, <laughs> no. That's well, different. Yeah. I an argument could be made that it is hopeful because ultimately the character of Somerset does stick around to be helpful yeah. and try to help the police out. But um, yeah, it's not 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 a victorious ending. And Gwyneth Paltrow gets decapitated in it. <laughs> that's that's the thing yeah. when bad stuff happens just yeah. stay away from gwyneth paltrow you know it's gonna yeah come her. yeah it's like it's like every horrible thing that happens it's gonna happen to gwyneth paltrow first i wonder how she killed iron man yeah <laughs> <laughs> for some reason now i'm picturing like jennifer Aniston scrolling through netflix going i'm going to watch contagion again <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did she do to jennifer aniston <laughs> Uh, they fought over Brad Pitt a lot. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, was that Angelina Jolie? Or her, okay, yeah, her yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. Dude gets around. Oh, I mean, he's Brad Pitt, right? It's like who? It's inhuman how good looking he is. I don't know. How, it's not fair. And he's a nice guy too. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, such is life. Yeah. Nah, that's cool. I'm glad he's a nice guy. I'm glad. I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood recently, and I'm like, man. I, I, such a fun movie. I would do, like, such one of those acid movie. cigarettes with him. You know? <laughs> Just to, like, hear some of the production stories that Brad Pitt would be able to, be able to tell. It would oh, be interesting, God. you know? Putting up with David Fincher for years and getting mm-hmm. along with his stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, so my ADD went off. But, um, yeah, I, well, what was my question again? All right. Uh, but no, if you're talking about, um, I don't know. oh yeah, what it got right. You know, the, the thing that the movie yes. got right is, uh, it, I, I, it, you know, the whole airborne disease sort of thing, you know? Yeah. 
And the one scene that really, I want to turn this into a GIF so bad, is when the guy is in the movie theater and then he coughs and the camera follows his yeah. germs into the woman laughing. Oh my God, yes. And then he goes up to the front of the line in the movie theater and he's mm-hmm. coughing on every single person, asks for like water yep. and fall. I'm like, I, I think I posted that on like Facebook. I'm like, this is what happens when tenant comes out next <laughs> week. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I kind of have to wonder at the insistence on releasing it to theaters. Uh, I think Nolan and Warner Brothers are in the same boat with it. Oh, yeah. Warner Nolan. Brothers has got so much money invested in it, they have to. And yeah. Nolan is an old-fashioned guy. He likes his theatrical production, his theatrical release. So Yeah. And it's like, I, I understand that. I mean, when I watched uh, Inception on the big screen, it looked incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it kind of superseded a lot of its clunky dialogue which is 90 percent awkward it's got some yeah it's yeah it's got some clunky dialogue some awesome ideas though oh yeah yeah i mean that that's what kind of is the movie's saving grace i just wish it wouldn't tell me about its ideas luckily her tenant doesn't do that as much which i'm like thank god um interstellar i think is a good example interstellar did a really good job of exploring the ideas without the showing not telling yeah, it you know. did a little with the bookcase thing, but I was right. okay with that. I'm in the minority. I was cool with because the, the idea wasn't love saved him. The idea was that she loved him, and through her connection to him, she and because she was a scientist, she knew Morse code and she knew all this other stuff that made her communicate with him. Yeah, yeah, but it's saying pretty clever. Love saved pretty us. Pretty clever. It's like you know, <laughs> but well. Yeah. Oh come on! You were just talking about the uplifting, hopeful message of Outbreak. Exactly. Let's have a let's let's have a movie where love saves us. Exactly, and I was fine yeah. with that. Yeah. I just the way it was verbalized, I thought kind of maybe cringe, but yeah. yeah. Initially, I cried when I saw it because I'm a pussy. Um, but nothing wrong with that. Movie, <laughs> yeah. movie hits you emotionally. You react to it emotionally. That's the exactly. Way it goes. I'd rather be a pussy than an asshole. I'm just thinking of uh, uh that that speech in team america yeah i was gonna just yeah. gonna say yeah, now, now we're in team america territory oh god um, which another pair that i would love to see make a pandemic movie not yes. right now but maybe in a couple years trey parker and uh, matt smith or not yeah. matt smith matt um, stone, matt stone. Yeah. although if matt smith wants to join him too why not yeah uh, he would be a perfect cast actually it would I be mean, interesting him and interesting. uh david tennant you know get both who's <laughs> out there mm-hmm yeah and I guess Christopher Ellison will only show up if he's dead or something because he just fucking hates playing that role. But he's an amazing actor, so he is. I'll he even is. take that. <laughs> he may have he may have some dicey judgment on occasion. Like say, I don't know, he's cool. GI Joe, knows what happened? Did he do GI Joe? He did GI Joe. Oh, he was God. Destro, man. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to. <laughs> <laughs> it was about as good as we had any right to expect it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like watching TMNT. Like, mm, that's cool. Yeah. I'm good. Whatever. But, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then, like, to talk about the things the movie got wrong, it seemed like everyone just instantly became a zombie. Yeah. Like, when they got infected. Mm-hmm. Like, their whole face just broke out as bloody. Like, blood's coming out through the eyes on the side. And, you know, it's meant to shock than it is to more yeah. than it is to be accurate. And it was based on some real life diseases, but mm-hmm. multiplied because, you know, this is, this is 1995. 
This is so, meant to be over the top. The era, the era of extreme. Yeah. When, you know, Jim Carrey could play pretty much any role and it would be totally appropriate. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Yeah, now we'd play it down. Yeah. Um, which would be amazing. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I liked about uh, So what, what did the movie get wrong, though? Uh, they got the zombie thing. That, that they, the... Uh, that any discussion of isolating and destroying all of the infected yeah. would be held anywhere near so close to where any infected were um, able to find out about it. You know, yeah. a, a doctor of the character of Dustin Hoffman's level would never be included on those conversations. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't think like he like you wouldn't be able to burst into uh, your CEO's office, even if he's your old time friend, and say you gotta right. fucking do this and do it now, right? You know? And then right. you wouldn't have that someone falling off an airstrike, you know? Right. I mean, they yeah. have done things to that extent in real life with the president, where like if you read Bob Woodward's Fear, they oh yeah, <laughs> oh you're good, great book. Mm-hmm. That is great so book. juicy. It's like there's so many good books now. Uh, I was reading Fire and Fury and I had to put it down because even as ridiculous as things are, I could tell the author was making shit up. And then when I read about him, I'm like, like the whole scene where like he's promising Melania that he's not going to become president. And then like election day happens and that's the one time he actually looks shocked. It's like, I don't know if he was working with all these other entities in order to win. I don't know if he'd be that shocked or was promising his wife that he'd lose, but who knows? I, I, I fully believe that he never expected to actually win. Yeah. Well, now he has to, or else, you know, he thinks he's going to go to jail. I think, I, I think the well, CIA is going to pull him aside and they're going to say, look, as long as you leave and you accept defeat, we won't put you in jail. Okay. Just, just go. <laughs> but, I, yeah. I, it's going to be an interesting fall. Yeah. Uh, I get ready for the revolution. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that that movie does get a lot wrong. But then again, it knows it's getting stuff wrong, and right. it doesn't it's, care. It's you know? made to be. It's an elaboration done in order to drive yeah. the drama, in order to make us, you know, feel that reaction more viscerally. It's not meant to be taken as one hundred percent truth, and this is how things would happen. Yeah, just, just like a police investigation doesn't happen like it does in the movie Seven. That's just not reality. Mm-hmm. But it's done in a way to make it feel kind of hyper real. Yeah. And so we feel more engaged with it from a storytelling standpoint. Yeah. Oddly enough, life doesn't always work in three act cycles. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, if this movie was rewritten in 2020, it would have been contagion, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I but like a little bit about the cast. I, I really enjoyed them you know each person was kind of discernible and likable you know you had kevin spacey being smarmy Mm -hmm. but sort of likable kevin spacey it's amazing how many canceled actors are in this film you know i think morgan freeman to an extent got canceled kevin spacey got canceled yeah like he was hitting on some girls on set and stuff like that and being rude but i don't know it's hard to it's hard to think of anything bad about easy reader yeah, <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I just don't want to accept it. I, I so at, at a certain at a certain point, it's like, well, I want to hear these case by case basis. Right. Uh, obviously, I, I I want to know the facts, but yeah. I don't. 
you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard for white men to. It's <laughs> on this, but well, yeah, I no, mean, you just if you look at Kevin Spacey's case, it's like, yeah, he did that shit. You know, <laughs> you look at Morgan Freeman, it's like, mm, let me see. How much of that was him just being like overly friendly grandpa man? Uh, you know? well, I don't Freeman? know. Yeah. Uh, maybe. But I don't, again, yeah. I don't know the details of the situation. And even if I were to read them, I wasn't there. I don't know. Yeah. So, and I'm okay not knowing. I'm but, okay not knowing. Uh, but looking at the cast alone, I just liked how uh, individualistic they were. You know, yeah. uh, Dustin Hoffman is sort of the 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 boy scout but with a tough attitude the guy who always mm -hmm. wants to do the right thing and is willing to put himself on the line mm -hmm. morgan freeman is the guy who wants to play by the rules but has an inner conflict mm -hmm. uh renee russo is a little flatter they just kind of make her the love interest in a doctor that's it because like the right. way they wrote woman back in the 90s it's it, just like be pretty there, you know it was pretty dicey yeah um I thought Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character was just kind of like, just just be likable. Yeah, uh, be a doctor, be kind of nerdy. You, you know what? He was a lot more yeah. um, prominent simply because of the charisma of Cuba Gooding Jr. That character, otherwise, oh, yeah. is just a background character. Yeah. He's not meant to be all that important. And the fact that Cuba has that on-screen charisma yeah. made the character more resonant. Yeah, it's just like his character in, in, in Pearl Harbor. Like, we remember yeah. him more than we remember Ben Affleck or Josh Hartnett. And they just, barely give him anything to do. I just remember Danny, uh, Danny, Dan Aykroyd from that movie. Oh, That's, God. Who was he again? I, I do remember what you're talking about. They gave him a dramatic mm -hmm. role, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Not enough people give Dan Aykroyd dramatic roles, quite he honestly. He is very... I mean, he's one of those people where... As a person, he's so unusual that you yeah. know, as an actor, he's going to give you something he can, really good. He he can. You can put you put yeah. him in the right material, and you're going to have something really really good. Yeah. You let him create whatever he wants, and you might end up with nothing but trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, again, as someone who works with comedians uh, a lot, uh, that, you know, comedians can act just oh. as well. If uh, yeah, it's, if not better. Yeah. Because a dramatic actor can't do comedy, but a comedic actor can do drama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what did you think of the cast? I, you know, it had some of, uh, some of my favorites. I really liked Morgan yeah. Freeman in general as a performer. Oh, yeah. So having him on screen in a conflicted role was fun. Uh, getting to see Donald Sutherland do something, do a viral disease sort of story again. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Yeah. You know, and getting to see him opposite uh, Dustin Hoffman in particular is a lot mm. of fun. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a hugely entertaining movie. Yeah. You know, and it the cast never slows is, the breaks down. Never. And the cast is pitch perfect in it. It yeah. is, you know, it is something that you can go back to and watch time and time again because of that. Yeah. But the best character in that cast, it isn't Morgan Freeman, it isn't Dustin Hoffman, it isn't Cuba Gooding Jr., it isn't Rene Russo. It's the monkey. He's the, right. he's the best. And they trained the hell out of that yes. monkey, too. It was a couple of monkeys, too, wasn't it? Like uh, two, two or three? From what I read, it, it was one of them, but it could be okay. two of them. That, that um, makes sense. I mean, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
Um, to get a performance out of an animal like that, that's, that's really and, impressive. And there's a lot of animals in this film. Mm-hmm. You know, you have fish, you have monkeys, you have dogs, you have everything. Yeah. Um, the, 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 uh, I, I, I guess like, you know, like, like when they had to shoot them with a trank gun, they basically mm-hmm. had to do um, a, not a lot of takes. They would just kind of tell them to stay still at certain points. And when he attacks the guy, like and he scratches his arm, mm-hmm. they basically just made him raise his arm and make it look like he was attacking, but he wasn't really doing anything. And when he was freaked out in the pet store, they would just make him laugh in between takes so he wouldn't actually get freaked out. Oh, that's, uh, that's kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like just actors, like when we're when they're laughing in between takes for a dramatic film. <laughs> I would love to have the job of telling the monkey jokes between takes. Oh my god, that'd be hilarious! Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you specifically make a monkey laugh? What's a monkey's sense of humor? I don't know. I want to. I want to know that. Yeah. <laughs> that's what. That's what I want to know. That's what I've come away from this conversation with the yeah. desire to know what a monkey finds funny yeah not the pandemic not you know how we're gonna survive it's like Mm-mm. make the monkey laugh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes monkey yeah <laughs> oh god um but yeah i i guess harrison ford was originally supposed to play uh, uh dustin hoffman's role but luckily he wow got, yeah uh huh. that would have been i could totally see that too yeah i i can totally see that that would be it would be a very different movie. It would still be a very good one. Yeah. Well, I know Dustin Hoffman was sort of like a ghost screenwriter on it and changed a lot of things. Like That's, he didn't, yeah. he didn't like the military helmet. He thought he looked goofy in it. So he didn't wear it in the film. And mm-hmm. I think like Dustin Hoffman was kind of like a diva in those days. So like, but he really brought a lot to the movie, yeah. you know, having a dramatic actor kind of put it on a certain level. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We never really see Harrison Ford in a lot of dramatic work. No, no, and he's he's a fine, he's a decent enough actor. He can do the do the yeah. work. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Outbreak would have the reputation it has for being more dramatic. I think yeah. it would have been much more action thriller territory yeah. with Harrison Ford. Yeah, I think putting Dustin Hoffman sort of on that poster uh, made go, oh, what what movie is this? You know, th- yeah. this has to be something a little more serious, and it kind of brings you into it rather than oh, disaster films. Here's Ford, whatever. You know, although I, I mean, I just love how the monkey is so prominent on that poster. You know, you have all these A-list stars on the left hand side. Yeah. The monkey's just like ah, and the right, and it just says he started this outbreak. <laughs> kind of makes me want to see some like Beastie Boys mashups where they retire oh the Funky Monkey. <laughs> you know yeah the beastie boys in that movie i'm imagining uh but um you know if you were to choose between outbreak and contagion uh which movie would you choose i would go with contagion yeah yeah yeah. i would go with contagion uh and it's not necessarily because it's a better film yeah although I, i do think it is i would say that it just it connects I find it easier to connect with yeah, and easier to, even before we all started actually living it, I found the tone with which contagion was told easier to connect with than the more bombastic tone of outbreak, which is still fun, Mm -hmm. but it's just, it doesn't, doesn't get to that unease quite as well as uh, contagion does. 
Contagious, uh, I would certainly recommend it as well over Outbreak because it's a much more longer lasting film. Yeah. Uh, you have to sort of emotionally be in the right place to see it because it's very uncomfortable to watch because of right. how weird it is. Uh, but it's a movie that people will be talking about, you know, oh, yeah. or afterwards. Like Outbreak was just popular on Netflix when this pandemic first started and mm-hmm. shot to the top 10 on there because, you know, of its relevance. But I don't think people really saw the movie. And then when they saw it, you know, it's a lot easier to digest. Yeah. Because of how goofy it is. I mean, you literally have the military shooting missiles at each other with no repercussions. Right. And, and that... helicopters passing over each other. And mm-hmm. oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, you're casting, you're one casting choice away from it basically being Broken Arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Which, this is like a straight okay. up action comedy almost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Having said that, uh, Amazing movies. I really want to get a pet monkey now. Uh, <laughs> they throw poop. Yeah, that's that's the one problem. Yeah. yeah. God, I, now that's the way to get infected. You know, especially if you're yawning at the time. Oh. You know? <laughs> uh, no, thank you so much for uh, coming on. My uh, pleasure. Yeah. Uh, you can check you out of the neon... Uh, I'm going to forget everything now. Neon Movie Bunker. So if you go to www.neonmoviebunker.com, you'll find all of our episodes and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, Yeah, just check it out and let us know what you think. All right. Uh, Elliot, did I get that right? Elliot. Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Trust me, you're not the first person to call me Elliot. (laughs) Happens a lot. I, yeah, I don't even hide my incompetence anymore. Uh, so, Ellery, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure. My yeah. pleasure. Uh, if you want to go to, you'll probably agree, just go on YPA Review. So, you, YPA says, or you'll probably agree. Type it in Google. Go on the website. You'll find the podcast. You'll find everything there. All right. Thanks so much. That's the end of End of the World Month. Thank God. I don't want to go to October and do political movie month but all right right. anyways thank you guys so much for tuning in and you'll probably agree hopefully agree thank you goodbye it's figuring us out faster than we're figuring it out it's mutated